0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit crawfordmediagroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with most of the guys, John and Neil. Look forward to having Roger Marsh back with us next week. Neil, John, how are you guys doing? Great, Bob. Very good. Thanks, Bob. Well, uh, great talking with you. Here's the deal. We're recording this on Wednesday. It was last night that we had these elections that happened around the country, and A lot of people were watching these elections to see what was going to happen. Is there going to be a red wave? Is there going to be a blue wave? Is this going to be a barometer for 2024? And Republicans were expecting and hoping for a good night last night. It turns out Democrats had a good night. And so somehow, some way in the midst of the Biden disaster that is going on in this country, Democrats are the ones who appear to have momentum. What in the world is going on? We're going to dive into all of that and analyze all the different aspects of yesterday's elections in Virginia and Kentucky, the abortion issue in Ohio, the Mississippi race and others. So we got a lot to to get to as we unpack this the, this entire process through the podcast. As we do, I want to remind everybody that Our podcast is sponsored. and We appreciate you folks supporting our sponsors we do. One of those sponsors is Preborn. And you hear us talking about Preborn all the time. This is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all around the country. And you know, when a mom sees a picture of her baby, she doesn't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. She lets her baby live almost all the time. And she usually ends up accepting the Lord. So here's what we're asking everybody to do. Will you right now pay for some ultrasound images so that pre-born can save some babies' lives? It's $28. $28 saves the life of one baby, stops one abortion. Take $28 times fill in the blank, and that's your one-time gift to pre-born. Would you prayerfully consider doing that right now. Here's how you give. Go online to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on pre-born and you give right there. And a hundred percent of what you give, every penny goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Now you're like, I want to talk to a real person on the phone. Call right now then 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24 seven. So 833 850 Baby, Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you doing that. As we talk about the elections this week, the Tuesday night elections. And guys, before we get to them individually, because I know there's a lot to talk about in Virginia, in Kentucky, in Ohio with the abortion thing. But before individually, let's just talk in a general sense. It appears that there was a blue wave. It wasn't a blue tsunami, but it was a blue wave that happened last night. And, John, maybe I can start with you. How in the world, with the disaster that is Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. with the disaster of his policies, what we're seeing with Israel right now, uh, the open borders and everything else, the economy, how in the world— can democrats be the ones that have the wind at their back this should have been a referendum against democrats last night this should have been an opportunity for republicans mm-hmm. to show hey we've got momentum going into next year how in the world can republicans be the ones on the defensive going into next year this just blows my
2: mind well and and i i know sometimes we get i get criticism for being too quote unquote critical of different things now Keep in mind, guys. Quit being I'm a, critical. I'm a critical thinker, it's, you know, being in the automotive world, being a technician for all those years, guys, it's the only way you can fix cars and fix things. So yes, mm-hmm. I tend to be that guy where I look at things in that way, break it down. What was wrong? How do we fix it? And so on. It's just, it, sorry, it's just the way my brain works. So a lot of people that's, even my family sometimes, it's kind of negative at times. I'm not trying to be negative, just being realistic about what's going on and how to, <clears throat> how do we fix those things. So. This comes back to the things we keep talking about constantly. We, as a party, we, number one, don't have the right strategy, evident Mm -hmm. from yesterday. Number two, we don't message very well at all, which we've got to start changing. I mean, to your point, Bob, this should have been a very easy slam dunk for us on our side, given everything that's going on worldwide, the economy, what interest rates are doing, what the average person is taking home now, uh, the fact that credit card debt is at an all-time high. I mean, all these different things compounded. We should have cleaned house yesterday, and yet we lost some very crucial things across the country. Now, there were some wins. We had a couple of wins here in Colorado as well, so I'm not saying that it's all bad, but... It's interesting that I think what's happening right now, Bob, is Democrats have the ability to get people to separate the presidency and the debacle that's there with what's going on in their own hometown backyard, and we as a GOP don't do don't do do not very well at that.
1: Mm. Neil, what's your take, just in a general sense, about uh, how yesterday was the Republicans to win, and yet somehow they managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory it's like how in the world can republicans be the ones on the losing end right now with this biden administration your take on on the bad day for the gop yesterday
3: yeah i don't i don't know i don't know the answer to that question it's disappointing for sure but let me just say that i I honestly think that some in the republican party have an overinflated idea of the strength of the republican message like what is the republican message right now we got people mm-hmm. fighting over who should be the speaker of the house etc cetera, etc cetera, and all that kind of panned out and who knows maybe it'll wait, work wait by out.
2: the way really quick neil i think that had an impact yesterday as well I, Side do, note, I do i think it did
3: how in the world did it not i mean they've been on the front page of the newspaper for the last three months, you know, arguing over who the speaker is supposed to be. And it just looks like disarray. What's the message of the Republican Party? It seems to me that, that the vast majority of Democrat voters and maybe some of the independent and, you know, undecideds feel like, well, the, the Democrats are the ones who care about people. Republicans, they're just against everything and they fight with each other. Well, that's not really true, but I think that that somehow has seeped into the mentality of the American people. Because I mean, we were looking for a red wave in the midterms, and it was maybe, maybe a red ripple. We you know, made some ground in the House, thank God. But uh, three elections in a row, really, the presidential election of 2020, the midterms, and now this, this mm-hmm. off-year election in 23, that doesn't bode well for the future. And I think it ought to be Sort of a bellwether for what's coming next. Like, pay attention, everybody. Well, well, 2024 may not turn out like you hope it will.
2: And you guys both are leaders, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's hard for any organization of any kind, whether it be volunteer, a church, you know, a nonprofit, a business, whatever, large corporation, even. If there's infighting and it's public infighting where everybody can look at it and know exactly what's happening, it's hard to win no matter what you're doing, sports teams, we can go down the list, guys. It's hard right. to win when everybody sees the infighting. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. Well, hey, vote, vote for us. We're a dysfunctional mess.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, here's, here's a part of the problem is, though. Unfortunately, in the Republican Party, you've, you've got this wide array of beliefs where you have pro-abortion rhinos and born-again evangelical Christians, and they're all part of the same thing. It used to be uh, considered a positive selling point to have a big tent for Everybody well, ironically, the Republican Party actually has a, a big tent. I would argue it's too big of a tent because we are all over the map. Look at the Democrat side. The Democrats know how to stick together like glue. Even mm-hmm. the even the uh, censuring of Rashida Talib, it was only twenty-two Democrats who joined the Republicans right. to go ahead right. and allow that censure to happen. But other than that, for the most part, uh, on the Democratic side, they pretty much stick together in lockstep. Look, every single one of them voted for Hakeem Jeffries for Speaker of the House. Yet we had this big split uh, to get Mike Johnson even in there in the first. Well, they all went for Mike Johnson, but before that, the huge split. So I don't know, guys, what the answer is regarding the Republican Party, because what do you do when you have a party that has – Pro-abortion rhinos who pretty much go with the Democratic Party in half the votes. And you have the very same party where you have born-again evangelical Christians who are really committed to biblical a biblical worldview, and they're both part of the same party. It seems like by definition, you're gonna have that kind of split. The the Leadership. Democrats see, Yeah, well, but now Leadership. here's another issue, and I'm gonna I get it, and we're gonna talk about Ronald McDaniel too in a little bit. But it does make me wonder. And here goes my political spin on behalf of Republicans, so bear with me. But Republicans at least seem to be a little bit more principle-minded, where they will go ahead and have division because they're not going to compromise their principles, whereas Democrats will compromise their mm-hmm. principles just for the sake of unity. Okay. And where do we draw that line? So it's it's a it's a virtue of the Republican Party that they won't compromise their principles. That's a virtue, but at the same time, the baggage the comes well. that comes with that it is a curse. It is a double-edged sword, and so that's one of the things. We got to figure out. And, so, and John. So, and, that's,
2: and that's where the leadership end of it has to come in and say, listen, right. guys, as a party, you guys can have your differences. We can agree to disagree on certain things. But together, if we're going to win elections, we've got to be unified and have a unified front in these particular areas. Back to Neil's point, what, what is our message right now? Because, guys, guys, I'll be real honest with you. I'm a hardcore, solid Republican. I don't know what it I, is. And,
1: exactly. And I don't know what it is
2: either. And, and, me and you neither. And John, if you could,
1: one of the things I know that we are completely agreed on is that we've got our religious freedoms being denied us, and we've got to fight for them. And I'm just so thankful we've got Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, fighting for us.
2: I am. In fact, there was a big hit piece against Mike Johnson this last week out of The Guardian that specifically mentioned even his work with ADF, which, by the way, should tell everybody Mm. how good ADF is. I mean, honestly, that is a commercial in and of itself. I shouldn't have to even say anything (laughs) other than the fact that the left is so against Mike Johnson because at one time he was with ADF. That alone, folks, should tell you what ADF is doing because the left hates ADF and all that they're doing. And I say it all the time and I mean it, guys, especially those of you that are in business. I have had two or three local business owners here just of late that have emailed me saying hey how do I give to eat ADF I hear you talking about it you're right as a business owner I need to be participating in this what they do affects me and my business actually all of us individually but especially those of us in business it really does affect so guys those of you that are business owners please please donate today I don't care if it's a hundred five hundred five thousand whatever you can afford to do in your business it's a tax deduction anyways you're getting to the end of the year so you're gonna need some of that a lot of you business owners anyways so Give to ADF, go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on that button.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And we appreciate you folks doing that. So how do we define what the Republican Party ought to be standing for? Now, let's, let's deal with something here. You got a lot of Republicans who say, let's purge ourselves of the social issues, okay? Let's take things like abortion, gay marriage, transgenderism, all that kind of stuff. Let's, let's put that in the shadows and let's just make it about... Uh, securing the border and strong defense and uh, addressing the issues of crime and the economy and lower taxes. And let's just make the secular issues the main brand of the Republican Party and some twigs on branches connected to the tree are the social issues. Personally, I disagree with that, but I know that there's a lot of people that are saying that's what has to be done. Or do we make the, the tree trunk of the tree the social issues, hey, we stand for life, we stand for family, we stand for traditional values, we stand for God, we stand for country, we stand for patriotism. And then the branches on the tree are strong economy and lower taxes and less government and strong borders and national security and blah, blah, blah. So what do you guys think? Opposite. I think yeah.
2: you, you do what you said secondarily, that, you know, what you think should be the branches, I think, should be the core trunk and put the social issues out on the branches because, frankly, that's where we lose the most. And I'm not saying that's good, bad, or otherwise. It just is what it is. Again, guys, I don't necessarily like the environment that we're in and the fact that we are losing so much on the social issue end of things. But I also know this, just like in church— and Neil you you would be in a pastor you would probably appreciate this you know you can preach all day long about how people should you know morally act and behave but until you get them centered on Christ those things aren't going to happen and if they do it's out of fear and not necessarily what they want to do in their hearts i feel like we've got to capture the hearts and minds of people and get them to vote on our side first then tackle some of those social issues second that's my thought
1: all right You're now 100% Neil 100% right Yes. All right, now what do we do? Because I want to throw this to you now, Neil. What do we do about the fact that here's the double edged sword part of this? I get what you guys are saying as far as the the practicality of this. What it does though is it breeds a whole much a bunch more of Mitt Romney rhinos and especially the 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 Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell kind of rhinos because the ones who say we don't want. Uh, the, the abortion message and we don't want the the you know pro-life and the parent, parental rights and we don't want all of that stuff as part of the Republican Party at all. So do we turn the Republican Party secular and then do evangelical Christians pretty much become pariahs in the party? That's something we got to think no, about too.
2: I, I think you can do both, Bob. I think it's just a matter of what's front and center. In other words, I, I think you can, again, it's through messaging and it's through proper leadership. And, And I don't think the core of who we are as conservatives, you look at our platform, I don't think you have to change any of that. It's a matter of what are we going to tackle first and how are we going to address these things? And right now, bottom line, including evangelicals how do you put more money in people's pockets? I mean right now their interest rates are sky high credit cards are 20% plus uh, and mm-hmm. credit card debt yesterday or you know, recently I should say not yesterday but recently went above a trillion dollars for consumer credit card debt I mean those are real issues that are affecting real Americans on a daily basis and yet our party is not talking about that
1: uh, well yeah. look I, I'm with you there but Neil, what do we do about the fact though? that these social issues the the independent swing voters and soccer moms you know something they abs- they are furious about the idea of their 13 or 14 year old daughter being given uh, chemical surgery treatments for transgenderism and leaving mom and dad out of the mix uh, they hate stuff like that And they also hate the idea of third trimester abortions. So we do have issues that they care about, but we can't communicate it to them. So the only answer is, then let's just not communicate those issues at all and only focus on the secular.
3: I love that you throw this to me like I'm going to solve all this. Solve it all.
1: Listen, man, I
3: I have something (laughs) I want to say about it. And I'm I'm pretty passionate about what you're describing here. But let me just thank you know, one of our advertising partners here, our sponsor, Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Advisors. And the reason I want to say that is because we get to talk about this stuff because he and our other sponsors make it possible. Dennis is mm-hmm. a huge supporter of the bottom line with Roger Marsh and KBRT and the People's Republic of California. And you know, any friend of Roger's, a friend of ours, well, even a casual observer knows if you look at the economy right now, that we're in some pretty uncertain times. Sometimes the markets are up, sometimes they're way down. And sometimes it's because of really foolish government policies or failed government policies. But either way, um, we've seen plenty of volatility over the last couple of years. Dennis is a big advocate of personal responsibility in the midst of all that, and he believes strongly in wise financial stewardship at all times. So as you plan for the future, which none of us can see, it's comforting to know that Dennis has the ability, plus 50 years of expertise to help you manage your assets and investments like a wise steward should. So what happens in retirement? What happens when you pass? What happens to your legacy? Dennis can show you alternative investment opportunities, you know, alternatives to standard CDs and life insurance, etc. Some of them offer tremendous returns. So you owe it to yourself to check with Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970 or click on the Wilson Financial uh, advisors banner at Crawford Media All right, back to the question, and thank you, uh, Dennis Wilson, for making it possible. Um, the issue of abortion, I, I think that principled Christians aren't going to deviate from what they believe about that, and I'm not. I, I'm a pro life Christian. I don't want to. I don't want to surrender any part of what I believe about the issue that we're created in the image of God and that we are equally valuable and equally viable, uh, and inviolable. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be killed simply because we're unwanted. I put that in quotes. And so um, that's a non-negotiable. But let me go back to what you said earlier, because I think you one thing you mentioned, the transgender issue. I think, I'm just throwing it out there, but I think that the vast majority of Americans, if you could get them alone and get them to admit the truth in secret, they'd say, yeah, we're not in favor of that. That's nuts. They're like, they're like mutilating kids. I think you know?
2: some will do it publicly, Neil. Mm-hmm
3: well yeah they will but that but my point is that i think even a lot of democrats agree that that's insane Agreed. that's Agreed. crazy See, that's, that's where i'm going with that. that's
2: <clears throat> one that we could get together and, on and still have conversation. Right. and why won't we why won't and, we hang
1: that albatross around their neck that's what's frustrating okay. to me and so we got
3: palestinian terrorists breaking into israel there and you know killing and raping and beheading children and we've got people crossing over our southern border that we don't even know who they are. Right. And it, it, I think that if we make a case for some of the issues that most of us can agree on, then there's opportunities to have these conversations about things like abortion behind the scenes. I don't think it ought to be our lead issue because because there's too much disagreement even in the Republican party. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, the MAGA Republicans aren't aren't they want nothing to do with the Rhino Republicans and unless Everybody in between those two factions, those two outliers, <clears throat> can agree on anything. The Republican Party is going nowhere. It's just a party in disarray. On the other hand, you got the Democrats just agreeing to agree or disagree about everything. But because they walk in lockstep, they get things done over there. So I, I really think we need to look for issues that transcend not just mm-hmm. the factions within the Republican mm-hmm. Party, but it spill over into the Democratic Party, like the southern border and like transgenderism, and parental rights, and those kind of things, and say, is this the kind of world you want to live in? Because this is what Democrats are going to give you.
1: I know, and and you know what really stinks about this, though, Neil, is that I know that you and John are right about this. I I, I know that you are, and I just, I hate the fact that we have an opportunity to, to actually win without burying the social issues or making them tangential, but we don't do that, all right, because we could hang like an albatross around the neck. We could brand the extremist nature of the Democrats with, look, these are the people that want to gender confuse your kindergartners with drag queens in school, and we don't want that. These are the people that want to take away your parental rights and and say that your 14-year-old daughter can be taken by a stranger to get an abortion and you don't even have to know about it. This is what the Democrats are actually pushing for, and that's how radical and extreme they are. But, you The problem is we do stink at messaging. We can't get that out, and so I don't know what the alternative is other than to accept the fact that, okay, fine, Republicans can't communicate effectively. So let's at least communicate messages that we that we have a chance to win on. And And so, I get it. Some of
2: this because you could literally take what you just said. And at the very end of that, weave in, oh, and t- and on top of that, they don't right. care how much money you have in your pocket at the end of the day. They don't care what the cost of groceries are. They don't care what the interest rates on your credit cards are. I mean, you could weave all of that into the very intro message you just have and finish it up they on don't, the other exactly. end. You could do I totally all of agree. that in one fell swoop. See, I, I completely agree and we with don't.
1: that. We don't. And so what happens is if, I guess here's what my concern is, and I'm looking at this long-term, all right? If you go back pre- Ronald Reagan, uh, social issues weren't really woven into the fabric of the Republican party. Ronald Reagan kind of blended and harmonized the evangelical Christian community and the Republican party. And I think that that was a good thing. I think that was good injected flavor into the GOP. And I just, I hate the idea of us coming full circle back to a secular party because my only concern is that yes, pro-lifers and Christians are still going to vote Republican, but are we going to end up having more rhinos running the Republican Party? Is Mitch McConnell going to become the new face of the party, and then pretty much Christians and pro-lifers get squeezed out of the party, and now suddenly we're not able to get we're not able to get. Uh, pro-evangelical Christian or pro-life policies even through Congress anymore because now half the Democrats are saying we don't want anything to do with that icky religious stuff. That's my concern about the long-term part of this. But I don't know what the answer is because you're right. If we hang our hat on the social issues, it is We're killing dead. us as we We're saw dead. last night. Right. Uh, Glenn Young saw this in Virginia. He couldn't even get a 15-week. I mean, he ran on the 15-week abortion ban and that hurt him, it appears, last night. It's like, oh my goodness, really? Right. So- right. I'm yeah, not but, sure what the answer is. I think long short term, I think we can win some elections this way. Long term, I have a concern about what the GOP looks like ten years from now. I guess that's I, what I'm thinking.
3: I listen, this is probably a bad analogy to make, but even in the way that the squad gets its uh voice heard in the Democratic Party, you know, the wacko liberal progressives way off mm. the deep end liberals, they're they're somehow a part of the mix. They're somehow a part of what the Democratic right. Party is about. I think that the MAGA Republicans, hardcore pro-life Republicans, and I celebrate hardcore pro-life Republicans, let's stand for life at every opportunity. But if they squeak enough, if they make enough noise within the Republican Party... They somehow can be heard and i think that the rhinos can't ignore that if the rhinos ever want to win the white house like in other words if the republicans ever want to be in control again they're going to have to pay attention to what everybody's saying in the republican party and i don't think we need to go away or downplay that i'm just saying nationally i don't think we should lead with that message simply because there are things that a lot of people are concerned about that the Republicans aren't even talking about. We should right. be leading with the border. We should yeah. be leading with the transgender stuff.
2: But, but guys, there's still, again, I hate to keep sound like a broken record, but this comes down to leadership nationally and locally. You know, you've know, you got to get out in front of some of these things. And you start talking about the evangelical side. Okay, so that's where you basically go to those individuals. You go to those pastors. You go to those churches. You have conversations about, this is what we as a party want to do. This is how we feel like we need to win. We're not going to sideline you guys, but for us to win and move the ball forward at all, these are the things that we have to do. Will you be on our side so we can get the ball and move forward so then we can conquer these other things that are so near and dear to you? This right. is leadership, plain and simple, guys, and we don't have it you know to neil's point
1: about the and you're absolutely right john to neil's point though about the squad i think that's a great analogy to bring up because the squad as far as the democratic party goes no the democratic party overall may not operate under the the flavor of the squad but you know what they are afraid of them. The squad is kind of like, what's her name? Glenn Close and a fatal attraction. I'm not going to be ignored, okay? And so they do have, the squad does have that ability to say to the Democratic Party, don't you try to tell us to be quiet and go away. And so, and the Democratic Party's like, all right, well, we do need to appease them. We do need to keep them happy. And so that's what, so but well, seen, and by the way, will I think, the GOP I think that do one, that with evangelical Christians? Uh, will see, they? I think, I think, that's I think my concern.
2: I think you're giving... The Democrats far too much credit. I firmly believe most Democrats believe exactly what the squad says. They're just not willing to admit it publicly. It's a little bit opposite of what you're saying, Bob. I think they fully believe in everything that AOC, Bernie, all of them believe. They just know they can't push that agenda forward right now. They've got to wait for the proper time to do so. You just Mm -hmm. saw that with the UAW strike. I mean, These guys are hardcore in the squad's camp. They just know they can't message that way right now. That's actually,
1: all. you know what? I I do believe that that is a very fair point that you make. I, I think you're right. I pro- think they probably do see the squad as the heroes that are the lightning rods that are willing to go out front and center. And we just tacitly agree, wink, wink. But we, and that gets back to the point I was making about the Republican Party earlier, because that the Republican Party is not at its core born-again evangelical Christians and strong pro-lifers and whatever. So there really is that ideological division, not just a messaging division, but an ideological division in the GOP, whereas the ideological division is not there in the Democratic Party. And so now we got to figure out how to to handle that. And actually, in the second half of this podcast, we are going to be talking more about that, including the leadership of the GOP. Is it time to boot Ronna McDaniel? And then what about... Some of the individual races themselves. We'll, we'll kind of talk about that as well as we continue to unpack the very bad day for the Democrat, for the Republicans, rather, on Election Day this off-year election. We do also want to ask you to support our sponsors to this podcast, and certainly Preborn, one of them. If you haven't given to pre-born yet, we're asking you to do that now. Remember, pre-born shows the ultrasound images of unborn babies in pro-life centers across the country. And those moms choose life when they do this. Now, you know it's $28 to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. And we've been asking you, take $28 times fill in the blank. And whatever that number is, that'll be your forever legacy, your one-time gift of the amount of babies' lives that you saved. But can I just be bold enough to say, we need some heavy hitters out there, too, to buy ultrasound machines. It costs fifteen dollars to buy one ultrasound machine. And for $15,000, your forever legacy will be saving thousands of babies' lives. So would you prayerfully consider doing that? Nice tax write-off toward the end of the year, too. So here's how you give, whether you're $28 times a certain number or whether you're a fifteen dollars giver for a machine itself. We want you to give by going online to crawfordmediagroup.net click on Preborn, give right there. 100% of what you give goes to the ultrasounds or just call 833-850-BABY and they answer 24-7. The second half coming up next, you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and of course support My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. Looking forward to diving into the second half next.
0: This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
1: Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Uh, Roger, the bottom line, Marsh out of California. He'll be back with us next week as we try to unpack the pretty bad night the GOP had Tuesday night in these... Elections, And so let's talk about some of the individual elections first, and then maybe we'll get back to the overall leadership like Ronna McDaniel. Uh, in the individual elections in Virginia, okay, the Virginia House, the legislature, the, the House of Delegates, as they call it, they were slightly controlled by Republicans and controlled, the Senate was controlled by the Democrats. So the hope for the GOP was that the Republicans would take control of the Senate and that they would widen their lead in the House. Well, exactly the opposite happened. Democrats held on to the Senate there, and the House actually flipped to Democrat control. Mm -hmm. Now, I I do want to put a little bit of a caveat there. It's not like Virginia's a red state that suddenly flipped blue. Virginia's been a blue state for really a while, purple-bluish, and it, it had a little bit of a temporary blip sliding red with Glenn Youngkin winning in 2021. And he did win, by the way, guys, on the social issue of parental rights in the schools. So that was a big issue that was victorious for him, but it seems like that was short-lived because now suddenly what worked in 2021 just didn't work in 2023. So all Virginia did was basically go from from blue to purplish pink and now back to purplish blue. That, that's really all it did so I I don't want people to say oh it's such a horrible disaster for Virginia but the bottom line it was still a missed opportunity for the GOP
2: yeah I agree and again it goes back to what we were talking about in the first half and and that again that's not the only thing that you know that that the left won on we'll talk more about that of course when it comes to even some of the abortion rights end of things and so on and, and I, I agree with you Bob I mean is it a loss yes does it sting yes is it as big of a loss as It'd be like Colorado, by the way, because we're very much a hard blue state where if we even had the chance of having a Republican-led anything and then it flipped back over to the other side, it really is, I mean, no offense, it's the way Colorado is right now. We are a heavy blue state right now. And so, yeah, I don't want people to be super, super alarmed with what happened in Virginia, but it's still a loss. Yeah. Well,
1: and Glenn Youngkin did stick to the social issues. He was pushing the 15-week abortion ban. And by the way, I just got to say, Neil, when the left, here's where we get to the branding and imaging that just drives me nuts, okay? The European Union has 27 states. The liberal left-wing progressive European Union has an average of 11.6 weeks that abortion is banned. That's the average in all 27 nations. in the Euro- So the EU is, is more pro-life Than even the 15-week ban that was trying to be pushed there, but that was considered too radical, too extreme, too whatever. So, it does appear that Glenn Youngkin he tried to milk the social issues victory of 2021, and he couldn't get two years of shelf life out of it. And really quick, by the way,
2: Bob, how many times have you heard what you just said as a message come out of our party?
1: Never. Never. It shouldn't be some blowhard hard talk show host saying stuff like this. It ought to be the <laughs> right. leadership of the party.
2: I agree. I mean, I because honestly, and Neil, I'll ask yeah. you the same question. How many politicians have you ever heard say about the EU what Bob just said? No one.
1: No
3: one ever. No Why one don't ever. we? Right. And I by the way, there's only, by there's the way, only and four nations. way the reason I say that. The reason
2: I say that is because there's a lot of folks out there, I don't know why, they have this love affair with the EU. I'm not one of them, but some people really do. So use that as an example because they love that place.
1: And by the way, 196 nations on planet Earth, only four of them allow abortion through all nine months. And we're one of them. The Democratic Party in the United States is one of them. Okay, so this is how radical and extreme they are. But no, we can't talk about that?
3: Well... i also i got to just back up to like the dobbs decision by the u.s supreme court in the years leading up to it i mean we talked about abortion for years since 1973 and we've been having these conversations in christian circles and on christian talk radio and whatever but i, I couldn't believe as we were heading towards that dobbs decision by the u.s supreme court the the vast majority of people had no idea like i'm serious i think it was 90 percent, had no idea that if the supreme court overturned The Roe decision of 1973 it was going to throw this question back to individual states who then would decide now groups like compass care i think you know jim harden he's been on um, oh sure compass care is right here in new york state but i mean they've had a national influence now um they're doing incredible work and, and but you know groups like them they understand what this fight really is all about and they were prepping in advance for what's called abortion tourism because they knew that there was individual states that would begin to restrict abortion or maybe even outlaw it altogether and then people would begin coming to new york state um to have their abortions kathy Hochul, our governor wants to pay for that to happen she wants to help the abortion tourism industry to bring women here to get your abortions you know we're at a destination for you on your abortion vacation apparently i mean it's disgusting but th- the point is 90% of the people, even in Christian circles where we talk about this all the time, didn't understand the concept that this is going to be a state's rights issue from that point on. Meaning, I don't think we've done a very good job educating people on how all of this works. And mm-hmm. John alluded to this earlier, early in the podcast. John, you were talking about having one-on-one conversations with people, raising awareness, helping people right. to understand what's going on inside right. of a woman's room. Not even at womb, not even at fifteen weeks. Like try nine weeks. You know, check right. it out. My my wife does sonograms for a living. She she's a pro-life pregnancy care center worker. She's been a nurse for years. She's worked with babies and whatever. And she does these sonograms. She goes, Neil, you can't even believe what you're looking at when you look. Look at a nine-week-old baby oh i know 15. they suck so, their thumbs baby sucks so, his
1: thumb at nine
0: right. ten
3: weeks so why aren't we having these conversations in churches and in community groups and amongst our friends why aren't we winning the grassroots right grassroots wins po- uh, political um mm-hmm. uh, you know elections and stuff why aren't we having these on a regular basis we've got a bunch of uninformed people that hope that the u.s supreme court overturns roe so that abortion will stop in america and we're dead wrong People ca- and let me, let me say one other thing. People care deeply about the abortion issue on both sides. Now, pro-life people, you know, we care because of the life that was created by God. We care about the mom who's coerced into this abortion and who's told that her life's going to end unless she aborts this child. Like, your hope is to kill this baby, and that's all the hope you've got for the future. So, Or your boyfriend's going to leave you, or your husband's going to divorce you if you don't have this abortion. I mean, that, those, are, those are fighting words, man. That's unbelievable. Uh, okay. And then, you know, but we care deeply about the life of the child and the mom. On the other side of the equation, you know, it's about personal interest, right? It's about like, I want what I want and what I want is my own freedom. Now, I'm not demonizing everybody because I think a lot of the women who've been called into, who've been, you know, coerced towards abortion have just in fact been coerced like that it isn't really their free will and, and that most sane women don't want they don't want to kill the pregnant you know the pregnant the baby that's within them okay so all of that uh, taken into consideration um, what you've really got here is a bunch of people that uh, I think are out of touch with reality on the one side the pro-lifers mm-hmm. aren't really thinking about uh, the, the issue in its entirety and on the other side amongst uh, the pro-abortion people You've got women that are carrying guilt and shame. I mean, do you realize how many people have been involved in the, not just women, but men who paid for an abortion or parents who coerced their daughter to have an abortion? Like it's affected, like, I don't know. I don't know the number. I'd say 80% of the American public in some fashion, maybe it's 70, have, have been connected to this issue somehow. So they deeply right. care about it. And why they care, why do they care about it? Because if it's made illegal, it makes them feel like criminals. Like you killed your baby. Well, but if it's legal... If, we, you know, if in Ohio we can get a constitutional amendment to say that it's okay, well, then we feel a little bit better about it because it's the law, because it's right. okay, that we can do this. And I just think that people are deeply passionate on both sides, and we have to keep that in mind when we even talk about these issues.
1: Sure, we, we absolutely do. And by the way, while everything Neil's saying here about the unborn, can I just remind everybody, there is something you can do about this. You really can save babies' lives by giving to pre So take that $28- that saves one baby's life by paying for ultrasound images, okay? Take that $28 times fill in the blank. How many babies' lives will you be willing to save? $28 is it times 10, times 50, times 100, whatever you can afford. It's a one-time gift. We want you to give it to pre-born. So go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on pre-born, give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. And you get to have for your forever legacy that back in 2023, you're responsible for stopping X number of abortions. And yes, if you run a business or if God's blessed you financially, we need some of you out there that can afford it to buy an entire ultrasound machine. That will save thousands and thousands of babies' lives. That will be your forever legacy. And they cost 15 grand. It's a tax write-off for you coming up to the end of the year. And 100% of what you give goes to the ultrasound. So call now 833-850-BABY. If you want to talk to a person on the phone, 833-850-BABY. They answer 24-7. Or CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. We appreciate you folks doing that. Great points, Neil, on uh, the unborn. Let's, let's shift over to... Kentucky uh, Democrat Governor Andy Bashir he beat all right here we go I'm gonna throw some red meat uh so John I'm, I'm gonna let you I'm thinking of you as a <laughs> here shark we go. so here's some chum that I'm gonna throw on the water for you okay Daniel Cameron, the black conservative uh, Attorney General of Kentucky was heavily backed by Donald Trump mm-hmm. and Daniel Cameron lost he he supported Trump Trump supported him although. There are those who say that Daniel Cameron was not really as conservative as people say. He was actually more of a Mitch McConnell kind of Republican, even though he still got Trump's support. So I don't want to say for sure that he's a MAGA Republican. But the bottom line, he had Trump's endorsement. He didn't win it. And the anti-Trumpers are using this like sharks on chum to say, see, we need to purge ourselves of Donald Trump I don't agree with that message. Trump can't be 100% uh, successful in everybody that he backs. But let me just throw the red meat on your table. <laughs> your thoughts no, on and, and Kentucky. And I agree with you on that.
2: I, yeah, I, I would not blame all of this on Trump. And again, I, I didn't follow all of what went on in Kentucky as far as how was a campaign run, how did this individual message all those mm-hmm. different things. Also, you know, he's running against an incumbent that won, and that's always, by the way, much, much harder. I don't think sometimes we even understand that. A lot I think a lot of times right. we think, oh, that's easy. The guy's doing an awful job. People don't like change. If they can just keep the status quo and they're fine with the way things are right now, they'll continue to vote that way. So again, this comes back down to leadership and messaging. When that's the case, you've got to message and do things even that much harder to beat that incumbent. Again, something that we on the GOP side don't seem to understand at times.
1: I know. So uh, your, your thoughts, Neil, on Kentucky, which is a red state, Yep. So here's Kentucky, a red state, a southern state. And how in the world is Andy Beshear, how does a Democrat stay in that position? You have a black conservative attorney general uh, who was Trump supported. And Trump took Kentucky in 2020 by 26, 27 points. So Trump is hugely popular in Kentucky how did that happen there? It probably is what John's saying. I'm guessing, Neil, here that he's right. People just don't like change. Let's just not upset the apple cart.
3: Well, how disappointing would that be if that was the case, right? I mean, the world. I know. If 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 anyone, any thinking human being looks at what's going on in America right now and doesn't think we need change, then God help them. I mean, we're we've got a mess on our hands now. What exactly happened in Kentucky? God only knows. I'm, I'm not a you know, I'm it was By the way, it I'm, wasn't a
2: huge victory. It was what six point victory was also. Awesome. I mean, it's yeah. not like we performed extremely bad. Really quick though, the uh, Bashar who won. This is his statement. It was a victory that sends a loud, clear message—a message that candidates should run for something and not against someone. Guys, I can't disagree with the guy. That's a
1: selling message. I hate to say it, but He's it is right. a selling message.
3: Oh, okay. And so, Bashir or Bashar or whatever you said his Bashir. name is, Governor Bashir. He, um, his message was abortion rights. You know, women women should have a right to control what happens to their body. Then you know, the Democrats and pro abortion people have been they on day one they grabbed the language to call themselves um, pro choice which left, you know, the media a wide open door to be able to call pro-lifers anti-abortionists. I mean, it's, it's a messaging thing right there. But secondarily, uh, the GOP strategist, David Cockle, um, he said that abortion remains a terrible problem for Republicans. He was quoted uh, saying they're out of step with where the country is. Well, is, is that true? But uh, how exactly... How exactly does that play out, depending on how you ask the question? I mean, pollsters will ask a question like, "Should a woman have a right to control her own body?" Well, uh, sure, you know. Then you show them a picture of a nine-week-old baby and you say, "Do you think it's okay to to to, to mutilate this baby and just suck it out?" You know, uh, and. Throw it in a garbage can? And most people would say, well, no. Okay, so who's asking the question? Whatever. But I, I'm actually kind of grieved that the GOP strategist was saying that the Republicans are out of step with where the country is. Because I don't think that the vast majority of Americans are for abortion for any reason up to nine months uh, of gestation. They're not they're not mm. and so i don't know we're missing the mark here somehow somehow in the nuance of all that's going on we're missing what's really going on well but neil but we tonight. do
1: have a corrupt media that we have to get around somehow well, because they, they, so much of the message is controlled by so it isn't, corrupt left
3: isn't just the message it's who's saying it which is why i'm grateful that we're able to talk about these things on the round table and so let me right. thank one more time real quick our good friend dennis wilson of wilson financial advisors and you know over, this has been a crazy time in american history and we all know people maybe some of us lost money over the last year in our investments and so we're saying well how can we dig out well just give me a second to talk to you about our faithful sponsor friend of the National Crawford Roundtable Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Advisors he's been a longtime sponsor of Roger Marsh's show the bottom line on KBRT in California well he's a big advocate of personal responsibility and wise financial stewardship no matter what's happening on Wall Street so it ought to be comforting to know that Dennis has the ability and 50 plus years of expertise to help you manage your assets and grow your investments even during a time like this. Wise stewardship, you know, whether the economy's up or the economy's down. Well, he's got a plan to help you get ahead uh, when everyone else seems to be falling behind. I urge you to call him. He can show you many alternative investment opportunities. Alternatives to things like the standard certificate of deposit or life insurance, whatever, he's got some great ideas that can really help you grow your assets even during uncertain financial times. And you really owe it to yourself to check with Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial, 800-696-9970, that's 800-696-9970, or click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Crazy times
1: we live in. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, we appreciate you folks supporting Wilson Financial. We do. All right. So let's see. In other races, the Mississippi governor race, uh, Republican Governor Tate Reeves, he beats uh, Brandon Presley. If that name sounds familiar, thank you very much. Second cousin to Elvis, Mm. uh, the king, even though. Uh, Elvis was a Republican and Brandon Presley, Democrat, but so he just uh, did not have his heartbreak, staying at the Heartbreak Hotel tonight. Uh, as far as the state of Ohio goes, though, and this this rabid issue one that passed mm-hmm. there, which, by the way, we had our own issue one. It was called Proposal One here in Michigan. We did the same thing here. We made abortion a constitutional right. But here's what's scary about what they did in Ohio, though. This isn't just about, uh, hey, it just grants a right to an abortion in the state constitution. This takes away parental rights because there's nothing in the language that says anything about the age. And you're not allowed to deny constitutional rights to a minor either. And so, therefore, you literally in the state of Ohio will now have... 13, 14-year-old girls that a stranger could take them or a teacher from school to take them to get an abortion and mom and dad do not even need to be notified. And if they do find out about it, mom and dad wouldn't have the power to stop it. And this also applies to gender transition procedures. So therefore, you can have an 11-year-old who decides, I want to take puberty blockers and mom and dad don't have the authority to say no, you can't go to your room. They don't have that authority now because the way that this is written, it says anything connected to anything reproductive. Well, the gender transition procedures involve your reproductive systems, and so therefore it falls under that heading. Uh, you can have a fourteen, you can have a fifteen-year-old boy who says, "I decide I want to be chemically castrated." And mom and dad can't even stop it. Mom and dad don't even have to be told. This is how radically insane that this is. But this passed, and it passed by close to 20 points in Ohio. And here's what I'm kind of wondering about this as far as the even, I know we talked about abortion a lot before. Here's a tough pill for me to swallow. And John, I'd like your take on this. Uh, It does seem as though, and please tell me if I'm just being too much of a defeatist here. It does seem as though that maybe we can't even, there's no message that's gonna be able to get 51% of the electorate anymore on the issue of abortion because we're getting closer and closer to Jesus' return. Jesus said it'll be as it was in the days of Lot, referring to Sodom and Gomorrah, as it was in the days of Noah before he returns. And so if America and our culture and society is transforming into Sodom and Gomorrah, you're never going to get a social issue, a biblical, godly social issue to get 51% of any vote in Sodom and Gomorrah. So is, are we to a point where we just have to accept the electorate has gone ungodly, and so let's just try to fight for social issues through the back door, which kind of brings us full circle to what we talked about in the very beginning of this thing. I'm just wondering if it's even possible to get pro-life victories anymore in this electorate, this Sodom and Gomorrah electorate.
2: And again, Neil, being the pastor here, without some sort of a great revival, Bob, I hate to say you're probably correct. I mean, you've got almost to do a twofold part here, and this is where the Church has to be extremely involved in this, and frankly, aren't. I mean, I'm being critical of the Church now, because frankly, sure. they're not. Yes, some are. I'm not being a blanket statement for every single Church, but the Church in general, put air quotes around that if you would, the Church in general has not done a very good job in this particular area, or we wouldn't be here in the first place, guys.
1: Neil, do we just have to accept the fact that we are living as it was in the days of Lot? That's what American culture has become. And so let's not kid ourselves. We are not going to get 51% of America today to side with evangelical Christians on biblical issues.
3: Well, with God, anything is possible, and I think we need to remain... Prayerful about those kind of things. Like I'm not overstating that. I'm just saying, like I think prayer makes a difference, and God can do anything. But let me just say this: I live in New York State. Uh, You're in Michigan. It's heavily pro-abortion state. Colorado, very liberal state. California, where Rogers from. You know, we're living in these blue states. I can tell you that in New York State, um, the the government of New York State is all about abortion up to nine months of pregnancy for any reason whatsoever, or for no reason at all. So. We've been up against that for years, ever since Roe v. Wade, and it's and it's even worse now because I was talking about abortion tourism and people coming here. Why am I saying this? Because all of that time didn't prevent pro-life pregnancy centers or right-thinking Christian people who love life from reaching out to women facing unplanned pregnancies or who find themselves in some state of crisis. So the church has always been the church, and the reality is we may never be able to get that 51% to have all of the laws line up with our you know, Christian and pro-life beliefs. But I I do know that we can be very active in the body of Christ, winning one heart at at a time, whether it's our niece, you know, in the family or a neighbor's daughter or a, a girl at church, whatever. We have the opportunity to talk about life and to support the life issue and to surround these people with love and care and concern to help people that are struggling with any of these questions. Nobody's preventing us right now from doing that. I mean, the the laws may change and we may find ourselves in jail for doing those kind of things, but I'm just saying that uh, i i think that we need to be less concerned certainly not back down certainly push for all the change we can get at the legislative level but i think on an individual level we need to be going full bore as the body of christ to get involved support pregnancy care ministries give to preborn. you know help us win the education and awareness war with people who are just living in darkness they think that their the best hope for their own personal future is to take the life of their baby Let's help bring clarity to the thinking of the women that are in those situations mm-hmm. and love them enough to help see them through those situations. Then I think we'll see some real change in the hearts of the American
1: people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So as we kind of head toward the end of, of this Podcast. Uh, let me just ask you, John, as I could toss it over to you, uh, because uh, I, do, I will ask you to remind us one more time about ADF and how important it Which is along with some them. of what
2: we were. Just it it talking really about. does.
1: But yeah. before you do, just real quick in like twenty seconds, is it time to say goodbye to and McDaniel?
2: Yes, we need better yep. leadership. All right. Yep. We yep. may end I mean, up with a basically two of these now that have not gone well and our, you know, haven't gone in our favor. If you had two elections under her watch, it's time to yeah. make a change. Most definitely, yes.
1: You might be right. You may very well be right. And then onto
2: ADF, going yeah. you know, back to what Neil was talking about earlier. ADF is so crucial in not only the the fight for you know rights of life in general. By the way, it's life even after a baby is born all the way up right. to, you know, when 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 seniors, you know, pass. I mean, this is the entire lifespan that all of us spend here and ADF is working hard for those individual and business rights. I keep talking about businesses, but guys, you guys in business especially It really is up to us as business owners, myself included. I gave a donation a couple of weeks ago because I'm I'm obligated to, guys, as businesses, we have to do this. We can't rely on just individuals to do this for us. We as owners have got to step forward and get on ADF's side. They're helping all of us as business owners and individuals to win this battle on an ongoing basis. So you owners out there, please get with it. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF button and give as much as you can today.
1: And we appreciate you folks doing that. And I I would also ask you business owners, while well, given an ADF, we do need some of you out there to buy ultrasound Amen. machines for preborn. We Amen. do. It's 15 grand to buy an ultrasound machine. It's a great tax write-off for you. You're coming up on the end of the year. But think about this. your forever legacy in your business. And maybe you're just blessed financially. You don't own a business, but you're blessed financially. Whatever it is. 15 grand, you get to spend the rest of your life going. You know what? There are thousands and thousands of babies' lives that we saved with that one time gift to preborn. And 100% of what you give. Goes to the ultrasound machine. Not a penny for overhead or anything else. Now, for everybody else, it's $28 to stop one abortion by paying for an ultrasound image. Take $28 times fill in the blank, and that'll be the number of babies' lives that you save. So we need you folks to give, but we need some heavy hitters out there. Uh, so 15 grand gifts. So here's how you give go right now online to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on pre-born, give right there. And if you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer 24-7. So call right now, A33850 baby Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, okay, A three three eight five O baby We always appreciate you folks listening to the podcast. We do. Uh, you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Look forward to having Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line from California back with us next week. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Have a a great week. We'll talk to you next week. You too. You too, Bob. Thanks. You bet. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.